are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even offers awards and TV shows and reality TV and real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to make your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website on your mobile device right now and sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And a really great interview today uh, with Jason Kersey of The Athletic. And normally, it's not that he covers Arkansas or anything in particular, but he did for at one point in time, so some of you may be familiar with him. But he is writing a fantastic article on Arkansas and Arkansas State playing each other in War Memorial Stadium. Now, some of you may be tired of that. Some of you may think it's lame. But some of the stories and some of the highlights that will be dealing with this story are pretty incredible. And you'll definitely have to listen to uh, some of the things he had to say. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into the interview and welcome in Jason Kersey of The Athletic. What's going on, Jason? Hey, I'm doing good, man. It's good to be with you. Yeah, it's good to have you on. And I know that... uh, you know, you've been we've been teasing, or you've been teasing this a little bit, and you've been talking about it. And I know that someone like you that lived in the state of Arkansas for a long time, uh, this was something that was interesting. The fact that Arkansas and Arkansas State's finally playing in football. When you heard the news, and when you saw that it was finally coming together, someone who was around the uh, the program, especially for the Razorbacks, how did you feel about the news? And do you feel like uh, there should be excitement surrounding this game when it happens in twenty twenty five? Well, I think it's cool. I mean. You know, you you remember this, John, because when I moved out there, we we talked about it. I remember um, I, it just didn't make sense to me because you know I, I moved to Arkansas from Oklahoma, where Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play every year. Both schools play Tulsa, you know, fairly frequently. Um, so it just it didn't make any sense to me that that Arkansas and Arkansas State didn't play. And I I even remember asking Brett Bielema about it at a availability really early in my time there and i i just uh, you know it just i got the sense from everybody else there that like uh, well you know that's that's ridiculous like that's just sort of what it felt like like it's such a ridiculous topic that nobody wanted to talk about it i just didn't understand it and, uh so and but as i sort of learned more about the history of it and the reasons why it i just i found it fascinating and 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 then once the news came out i was uh you know very interested and i'm working on a piece about it right now that Hopefully we'll be out next week. I'm really excited about. So, Jason, learning everything you did about it and kind of digging into it, and like you said, people would say it's so ridiculous when you even think about the fact that they were going to play. Did you think this would ever happen? No, I, I, I'm not sure that I did. I mean, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I felt like both sides, on the Arkansas side, it seemed like they weren't ever going to do it, and they never were going to find a reason that they wanted to do it. And then on the Arkansas State side, I just don't think Terry Mahajer the last several years really pushed for it all that much. I think that they reached a point where they didn't feel like they needed it, and if they got it, it would be great, but uh, but it wasn't something he was going to push for anymore. So, so I'm not sure I ever did think it was going to happen. On the other hand, though, it does 
the, the solution that they've come to, I think, makes a lot of sense for all parties. I think you find a way to keep uh, people happy at War Memorial Stadium, keep an interesting game there that that, uh, that people can be excited about. I, I kind of think it's a, a perfect solution. Yeah, I feel like most people here in the states, uh, even if ones have problem with it, it's not the problem with the game. It may be problem with the location. Maybe they don't want it at War Memorial Stadium, or maybe they didn't want the game at all. But it's it's the reason it's that way, and this is what's so fascinating about it, is because there were constant obstacles from different people of trying to get this game to happen, whether it was the A-State side or the Arkansas side. There were people that wanted to make it happen, and there are other people that said, nope, not under any circumstances is this going to happen. I know you've talked to a lot of people, but why did you think or why do you feel like there was such an obstacle of getting this done just from the people you've talked to and the research that you've done? Well, I mean, I think the the policy was started, obviously, by John Barnhill, but uh, there was one person who kept this from happening, and his name was Frank Broyles. Hmm. I mean, he, he had so much power in the state and so much power. Um, he, he just, he could, he could, uh, he could sort of dictate what was going to happen with a lot of this stuff. And even through the years, I, I was fascinated to learn of all the different times when uh, there were legislative efforts made uh, to, to force this game where, where people, uh, you know, Republicans and Democrats, people from different parts of the state, uh, everybody, there were a lot of different varied groups who wanted to see it happen and introduce bills through the years, and they never got past the committee, uh, their committees, because uh, because there were just too many people who didn't want to do it, and there were too many people who didn't want to upset Frank Boyles, and, and he uh, he would make phone calls if he had to. I, and then, you know, I've, I've even heard an interesting story, and this will be in my piece, uh, that the last time this was brought up by a representative named Andy Mayberry who uh, you know, found himself uh, in a meeting in the Capitol with Jeff Long and the Chancellor, basically telling him this isn't going to happen. So, I mean, it, it even continued after Frank Boyles was out of, uh, out of the athletic director chair. But it, 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 I, I think so much of it had to do with he just did not ever want to see it happen. So what was the deciding factor? How did we get to where we are and now we actually have that game scheduled? Because as you mentioned, you were surprised to see that it actually happened, and a lot of people were surprised by it. Well, I think, again, it just sort of became the perfect solution to, to a bunch of problems. They, you know, after the, you know, you, you're going into 2021 with, um, with two SEC home games. It, you know, it, it was all they were going to have because of uh, the Missouri game in Little Rock and the A&M game in Arlington. So, uh, Sam Pittman went to Hunter Juracek and said, we, we've got to figure out a way to get more games back here. Um, so for for this year, uh, part of that solution was putting the UAPB game there, which uh, that's not as big a deal as, the, as them playing Arkansas State, but it is still a big deal because it will be the first in-state opponent uh, since 1944. Um, and then once they were able to do that, I, I just think if they're taking Missouri away from the stadium on a more permanent basis and bringing it to Fayetteville to keep that SEC game where they can host recruits, uh, then War Memorial wanted something good. They wanted something interesting. And in the state of Arkansas, what what's more interesting than something that has been, you know, a political impasse for the last fifty years? And and so that's what happened. We'll continue our conversation with Jason Kersey of The Athletic here in just a second. But, folks, you've tell, heard me tell you about Built Bar and how incredibly convenient and easy and amazing they are. Uh, their flavors is what it's all about because they got 18 of them. <clears throat> 
and they're covered in chocolate, but they're healthy. They're low sugar, low calorie, high protein, high fiber. But the thing about it is that they are adding even more flavors. If you like the cookie dough chunk built bar, you'll love the coconut brownie chunk bar. They also have dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks. It doesn't get any better than that. We don't want to focus on just the parts of the bar that's just healthy and all that. We want to focus on what it's all about dealing with the convenience and also the taste. The taste is what makes it all so different and what makes Built Bar stand out. So give it a try today. Go to BuiltBar.com, enter in promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. It doesn't matter how many you order. It's 20% off at BuiltBar.com using promo code Locked On. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Speaking with Jason Kersey of The Athletic on the Cartridge World Hotline here on Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. You know, Jason, I know that uh, you're going to put it all in your piece when it comes out, but as far as some of the people that you talked to, what would you say was one of the most interesting stories or one of the most interesting things about this that maybe something you didn't realize or didn't know when talking to some of these people who knew about the situation or were involved with the decision-making? Yeah, you know, I, I thought that uh, my, I think maybe my, my favorite uh, story that, that I've heard was uh, last summer, uh, there was a guy, uh, a man named George Dunn in Jonesboro, who was a longtime A-State employee, and he died. And in his obituary, it, it actually said there was a line in there about how if uh, oh, uh, he, he, he got to see Arkansas State play in all these bowl games and against Alabama, and yet he didn't live long enough to see the Razorbacks have the guts to play Arkansas State. <laughs> and I, uh, I I actually was able to track down one of his sons who, who actually wrote the obituary and talked to him. That was really fun. I, I really hope people enjoy that because um, that, that was a really fun conversation. Um, I got to, you know I, I spoke with uh, as, as I mentioned him earlier, former Representative Mayberry about his experience. Um, I, I had a chance to visit with Governor Beebe. Uh, who you know has got sort of an interesting connection there because he's a graduate of both schools and uh, there were rumors uh, when he was first running that that he was going to mandate the game if he was elected and he had to he had to basically get word to Frank Boyle that it wasn't true. I mean, I, there's a lot of good stuff, man. I've I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed reporting this story. So as for now, Jason, this is a one-time game. Do you think within? Let's say if we put a time period on it, say five to ten years, these two teams will play additional times. You know, I don't know. They they, they only have one for now, and, and I, I kind of think they want to see how it goes. And, and I could totally see, though, if this goes really well, if it's a sellout crowd and it's a good game and, and people really love it and the anticipation is huge, which I think it will be, um, then then maybe that's a, that's something they can do on a, on a semi-regular basis. I, I don't know that we'll ever get to a point where they're playing every single year, um, but, but I could certainly see it, it being something that they do every few years. Yeah, because that's been the ultimate question of, you know, when it happens, is it going to be an ongoing thing and all of that? Because the, the fascinating thing is that the contract with War Memorial Stadium actually ends in 2024, and we know that this has been amended to make it until 2025. So that, that's the fascinating thing, and I think that it's also interesting that when you brought up Frank Brawls, like he's the one that everyone kind of points to, which is true. He, he had a lot of power. I mean, some people felt like during his heyday he had more power than the governor in this state, and there was a lot of truth to that. Uh, but it was also fascinating that Jeff Long, 
even after the fact, because we know Jeff Long liked to change things and he liked to go against the grain and sometimes it upset people. But the fact that he was even against it uh, was also a little surprising for me to hear because we've seen him change a lot of things when our uh, when he was up there as the AD as Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that story too. I, I you know, I don't know if if uh, yeah, I I didn't speak with Jeff for this piece or I haven't yet. I, I did try, but um, you know, I, I I feel like for him, maybe part of it was honoring Frank Broyles, especially while he was still alive. I mean, that was that was four years before Frank died, so maybe maybe he didn't want to make any a move like that that so directly went against. Um, what Coach Boyles had stood for while he was still alive, I don't know. I mean, I that that is pure speculation. So I, um, I, I don't really know. But I, I was a little bit surprised by that as well. What are the benefits for both teams in playing these games, this game, and are there any factors that could work against either school? Well, I mean, the you know the the bottom line for uh, for this game is. Is that as exciting as it is, and as, as good as it is, I think for the state. I mean, the 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 general philosophy behind the the longstanding rule sort of made sense. I mean, it, it when you really think about it, when it's a smaller state with one major school, um, you really do sort of have nothing to gain because if you lose, especially in the '80s when when this was really being pushed for by Larry Lacewell. I mean, if you were Arkansas and you lost that game, and that was just utterly humiliating. And if you won, it wasn't that big of a deal. And, and, and if you lost, you risked other things, sponsorship money, all those sorts of things. Um, but I think now, uh, I, I think because the rule worked so well for so long, I, I sort of think a lot of the problems that people feared about the game don't even really exist anymore. If Arkansas State wins even three or four times in a row, the University of Arkansas is still the bigger deal. They're still in the SEC. They're still going to get any recruit in the state that they want, or most any recruit. They're not going to lose any recruits to Arkansas State. So I, I kind of think that the the policy worked in, in a strange way. Well, and, and something I've always been fascinated by, too, because there's been people from outside here, the state of Arkansas, that maybe have moved here and said, hey, this is we see all these other teams do the same thing where they play in-state teams. And I know you've covered Oklahoma, and you've had a lot of uh, – dealings with that state uh, has there ever is there like just a policy in place where they have to play in-state schools besides Oklahoma State because we know that OU has played Tulsa and we see Oral Roberts get involved is that something that's embraced and welcomed or is it just something that's like this is no big deal we're going to do it just to kind of help out these schools especially here in our own state yeah I mean I, I think I, I I don't think it's anything written in stone obviously they have to play Oklahoma State because they're in the Big 12 but um, but no I mean they both schools, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, play Tulsa in football. Not every year, um, but, but you know, three or four times a, per decade, I would say, um, give or take. And uh, and then in, in other sports, certainly. I mean, they, or in basketball, they play Oral Roberts in baseball. Um, and in baseball, they'll play series against the, the even smaller uh, schools. You know, maybe even the D two schools. Sometimes they'll have exhibition basketball games against the the D two schools. So. Uh, so yeah, it's just something that, that is done. I mean, I, and, I, and I think that's why I had a similar reaction when I moved to Arkansas. I just didn't know the whole history there, and it's been really fascinating to learn about it. We'll continue our discussion with Jason Kersey of The Athletic here in just a second. But folks, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. You know, at this point in time, in the wintertime, you start to realize that maybe your vehicle needs some help. 
Maybe it's uh, got some problems in the cold weather. Maybe it needs uh, some different parts for the engine, or maybe it's the interior that needs help. And no matter what it is, rockauto.com has you covered. Uh, they're a very unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog. Makes it so easy for all of your makes and models. It makes it a lot easier to find what you need and at reliably low prices. So go to rockauto.com and see all the car parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, I want to switch gears just a little bit with you, Jason, because obviously you cover all things college football. And the fact is, is that uh, we got through a college football season, may have been unorthodox, may have had some bumps along the way, but we got through it. And for me, it was very satisfying. But as far as going kind of into to next season, do you feel like what we learned from this past season with COVID is really going to be able to open up more opportunities and more games and have a better setup in the 2021 season now that we know a little bit more about it and the fact that we can be able to get through it the way that we did this past year. Man, I, I'm with you that um, it was like I'm so grateful that we got through that season. I mean, I, I was I was just dreading the idea that it, that it wouldn't happen, and I think it's it's really a testament to the the coaches and players and ADs and all of those people who, who managed to find a way to get it done um, and, and get it done, uh, you know, in, in a mostly safe way. I mean, yeah, there, there have certainly were a lot of cases on these, on these rosters and we all know about that, but, but it's, it, they managed to get through and, and generally stay safe. So I think it's, I think it's great. And, and, and you know, I, I will also say that I think one of the things about uh, this whole situation with that we're talking about is that you know it's more valuable right now than ever for these schools to play schools that are close to them because a lot of schools are really taking the budget. So I think that's another aspect of this that maybe has been overlooked a little bit. I mean, it makes sense for Arkansas to play some schools that are closer to them right now, especially in smaller sports. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm really interested to see like what what all we take from that experience, what all we meaning the college football community sort of takes from that experience and moves it forward because it was it was a, a year unlike any other and I hope it never happens again. Any conferences that stand out to you or teams that may have done a really good job dealing with everything that went on? Well, you know, I I uh I think certainly the uh the Big Twelve, while not maybe the, the best conference on the field, uh certainly deserves a lot of credit for the season happening. I think they they were sort of the 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 league that could have gone either way, and if they'd gone with the Big Ten and the and the Pac-12, then we we might not have had a season. So, um, but no, I mean I I think that everybody generally did okay with it. I mean it seems like I, I know there were um, there were games canceled. Oklahoma had had a game canceled, and and a handful of teams did. But um, I mean overall, I. I don't know how it could have gone better in in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how we felt about it too. I mean, it just seemed like there was so un much uncertainty, and I think that that was the fascinating thing too. Jason was just to see who truly had the power in college football. Like we always knew it, but to actually see it in action, where 
it was conference versus conference. The NCAA had zero say. Like, they could say all day long what they wanted, but uh, Greg Sankey of the SEC and the other commissioners, they're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll just do it the way we want to. And so much so that some conferences like the SEC were even willing to say, yeah, we'll just play each other. We don't even have to worry about any of you. And so I was always wondering what was going to be the impact of showcasing that power, showing exactly who had it in college football, and how it's going to impact the league going forward. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we saw what happened. I mean, the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC said we're going to find a way to play. And the Pac-12 and the Big 10 ended up looking completely foolish. I mean, just completely foolish. Um, that, that they that they canceled and, and they looked like they rushed their decision and it looked like um, they sort of thought that everyone was going to follow them. I mean, and I mean, it's not so. Yeah, we found out that the SEC uh, and these other leagues have a lot of power, and we also found out that the players have a lot of power. I mean, let's not discount the 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 role of of guys like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence demanding that they play played in all of this. I mean, this has been a very instructive year when it comes to the power balance, I think, between the, the players and the coaches. I mean, we, we see uh, the, the tra- all the stuff with transfers. We saw what happened with Mike Gundy and Chuba Hubbard last summer. Like, this is a really, uh, this has been a really eye-opening year in so many ways. We saw that uh, it seems like in unusual year as far as the talent that's lost, that's moving on to the next level. It, it could just be that this is something that happens every year, but it seems like this year, for some reason, there's a lot more talent moving on from those top schools. So at the end of the day, when we get to next season, do you expect those top schools to still be there or yeah. that somebody could come out and maybe surprise because they do have some uh, some talent in place that is kind of, you know, been, you know, built up over the past few years and, and now they're re- ready to make a run. You know, it's been the same handful of teams uh, every year now for 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 so long that uh, until somebody sort of pops up and and proves it, I, it's going to be hard for me to it's hard for me to see the playoff not being some some combination of Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Uh, you know, I mean, I that, that just seems to be where where we've. Uh, where we've landed, and and so I I don't know that I'd pick anybody else right now. I w- I would love to see that happen. I I'd love for there to be more parity um, in college football. I think Texas A and M is sort of interesting with what they've um, with how close they got last year. I don't think they should have been in the playoff or anything, but with how close they got last year and what Jimbo's kind of building there. But um, it's you know I'm shoot it, look. There's one team in the country that has as much talent as anybody. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 